Guys, thanks for stopping by the Real Estate Rundown with Shannon Robnett. I wanted to chat with you guys today a little bit about what's happening in our post-COVID world, what's going on with lending, what's going on with cap rates, um, and just my opinion. Um, you know, I've, I've been doing this for 20 years. I've, I've seen cap rates go up. I've seen cap rates go down. I've seen lending tighten up loosen up I've, se I've seen it all really um, but I've never seen an economy be put on hold so that part I haven't seen so um, I'm, I'm gonna hypothesize with the rest of us but I'm gonna give it to you from my point of view in the last weeks we've seen banks uh, adjust their loan to values on stuff I know of a, a developer a friend of mine who just on a fairly large deal uh, 40 million dollar deal went from a 75% uh, loan to value to a 65% loan to value after commitment letter was sent everything was signed they were headed to closing that's a that's a pretty big swing that's uh, for those of you out there doing math on a calculator that's that's four million bucks um, and in equity that he's got to find and that's, uh, that's kind of where the world's at right now. Um, I've seen uh, notes out there, comments out there. Nobody's really, I, I haven't seen or heard of anybody getting a deal done yet. But Fannie Freddie uh, are talking about on multifamily deals requiring 10% or nine, sorry, nine months of uh, interest reserves uh, to be set aside. And on something, um, you know, that's, that's a pretty substantial amount. That's bringing another, probably another three, four, five, probably 5% 5 to the table at closing. Um, when you consider that, you know, you're gonna start with an interest only, we're seeing that, um, you know, articles come out that uh, Fannie Freddie uh, have seen 165% increase in forbearance. A quick dip into the article will show that uh, most of those that are in forbearance were interest-only loans, so they were in the stabilization process uh, or the, the value-add process where they were trying to up the level on, on what was happening. And so kind of looking at that a little bit deeper, you see that, um, that some funny things are start to happen. Not funny things, normal things, really. Things that would be uh, considered very normal in an in a average market. Uh, you see deal goes deals go good you see deal go, deals go bad i think in the last couple years the market has been so hot that even bad deals have gone okay um there hasn't been any deals just not go and so there's there's some pretty serious um questions that everybody's got about what are banks going to do what's the fed going to do uh, what's long-term lending going to look like and you know guys it it kind of um I, I'm getting tired of hearing the phrases that the government's throwing at us, you know, uh, shelter in place, the new normal, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, but I think this might be one where maybe if you don't have to do something um, on on a project, maybe now's the time not to do anything, uh, not to be hasty. Um, you know, I know when we look at development deals, because that's all we do is development deals, when we look at those, we we we're looking out 24 to 36 months anyway, so we're kind of in a little bit different arena, 
as far as that goes. We're not looking at getting into something, closing on a property, uh, you know, first of June, starting our rehab July and August and having, you know, our 12 units flipped and ready for, for move in by September. That's, that's not what we're doing. So we're, we're always projecting out quite a bit farther. And, and so when I look at some of these things, I, I look at coming back to fundamentals. And I think that it's really a great time to come back and look at your fundamentals. Um, you know, when you're, when you're doing an apartment deal, uh, when you're doing a multifamily deal, you're going to want to take into consideration a lot more than just what does it cost? You're going to want to look at, you know, where is it? Um, are you in a cap eight environment? Or are you in a five and a half? And, and, and what's the difference? I mean, obviously a cap five, you're going to pay a lot more for it. But why, why do people, why would people want to buy a cap five? I mean, if you've really thought about why someone would want to buy a cap five versus a cap eight, you've got to go back into the market. You've got to look at job strength. You've got to look at rent appreciations. You've got to look at overall market price increase. You've got to look at all of those things. And what you'll find is that your cap eights, your nines, your tens are kind of in stagnant markets. They're in markets that don't appreciate rapidly. Um, they may struggle with job growth. They may have, uh, they may have a lot of class B lipstick on a pig product. Um, they may, you know, they may be in, um, an area that, that just can't seem to get out of its own way. Maybe it's stuck in a rut where a cap five product is usually, it doesn't necessarily have to be new. But it's in a high growth area. Rent appreciation has been strong, even in downturn markets and recessionary markets. And so you're seeing that, that that product, maybe you're paying a five cap for it now, but with seven, eight, nine, uh, in, in my market, it's been 12% rent appreciation in the last couple of years. You're changing that from a cap five to a cap six in, in just a couple of years. And so you're buying at a different number, but you're you're getting a different value. And so when you look at that, um, there's a reason why appraisers look at that and they say, well, this is a five cap market and this should be a five cap market. This is an eight cap market and this should be a nine cap market or vice versa. And so when you're coming back to your fundamentals and you're looking at how do you value what you're buying and you've got to look at all that, right? You've got to look at your competition, um, what makes you different, I know when we do our apartment stuff, uh, we do development stuff. So we're we're always we're always building something. We're not we're not doing a value add. So I, I don't have experience in that. But I can tell you that we always look around the competition and we always make the choice to be thirty five dollars a door more. And it's very simple. It's just simply math. And I would rather let the guy in front of me completely fill up, get out of my way. Uh, and, and have a slower growth to get that $35 a door more because it does a couple of things for me. Um, and it has to do with my marketing techniques, right? So my marketing people are really excellent. Um, they know everybody around us. They know what's going on. They know how many units everybody else is leasing. And we're priced in there uh, appropriately because we're similar type product. But the reality is if you ever go into a car dealership, you'll see that there are hundreds of different kinds of cars. Not only Ford, Chevy, uh, Chrysler, um, you know, Lexus, Lincoln, BMW, you know, Mercedes. It's not just that. There's different 
types. There's sport cars, there's coupes, there's there's uh, station wagons, there's SUVs, there's trucks, there's extra cab trucks, there's super cab trucks, there's, you know, there's four-wheel drives, two-wheel drives, there's all different kinds of vehicles based on people's wants and needs. And what I do when I do a development is I look for a location that's going to give me that ability to have a superior location. Uh, I, put, I put the best product on it that I can, and i got to tell you, mine isn't always the best, but what I found is that there's going to be people coming into my market that are going to think my product is better than the other guys. And there's going to be people that come into my market that are going to think the other guys is better than mine. And that's not what I'm after. I'm not out there to convince every single person that mine is better. What I'm out there to do is find the people that feel that mine is better and give them what they want. When I do that, and I'm, I'm talking about $35 a door more for my rents, I'm not talking about changing the world. I'm not talking about invading their pocketbook, but I'm talking about a choice. And when people will select your product based on a choice rather than based on bottom dollar being the cheapest in the market, your tendency to keep that tenant through a renewal cycle is pretty good because they're willing to pay a little bit more to have whatever it is they see in your product. They're, paying, they're willing to pay a little bit more to have that whether it's freeway access, whether it's common area, whether they, they like the fact that you've got a jacuzzi and the other guy doesn't, whatever, whatever the case may be, I'm looking for that 35 bucks because then I have stepped into the a secondary thought process with them that they are not necessarily motivated by 35 bucks because the person that moves into your complex because you are the cheapest will move out the minute somebody else is cheaper. We all know the game. All kinds of property management companies do it. They offer incentives. They offer the owner's money to get the tenants in. They give away things. And if the timing just happens to be improper for you and people have moved into your complex purely based on dollar amount, they're going to move out for that. So that's just a key to look at. Plus, if you do the math on 100 units, $35 a door, well, it's substantial money on, on your sales price regardless of your cap rate, right? So that's another thing to look at. That's another thing to look at. And, and, and part of that comes from not necessarily your product, but your marketing, right? So when you're looking to purchase something, when you're looking to rebrand something, when you're looking to develop something, what is your marketing plan that is really going to make people go, wow, those guys really know what they're doing. Those guys have a professional grade product. They have something out there. So so when you're doing your due diligence, that's not something you can ignore. You can't just, you know, you can't just look at it and go, hey, we're going to go throw some paint on this. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And we're going to slide right in here in the mix in the market in where we're at today. Because I don't think, guys, I don't think that we're going to see demand go away because I, I get it. Tenants are having trouble paying rent right now because we're having an economic shutdown. That is going to correct itself one way or the other in a couple of weeks in and the fallout's going to take maybe a couple of months okay after that people still have to have houses people still have to have jobs people all of that will come back to some degree will it be you know roaring 19 again i, I don't know um but what i do know is that if you're going in to do a deal the bank's going to say it's not going to be and you're going to try and convince them that it is and they're going to want more money out of you to do that so when you're when you're looking at your projections you're going to have to put more into your marketing categories than you had to last year. You're going to have to put more into making your product distinct in the marketplace than you had to. 
and the bank's going to want more from you. But it's not a bad lesson. It's not a bad process. It's not a bad thing to be safer um, rather than just going in there, blowing it up and taking down every deal you can because it's a deal and it's multifamily and the financing's available. So, you know, people are going to look at look at that a little bit different. But when you're going in there and doing that, your due diligence needs to include the competition. It needs to include the walkability. It needs to include the schools. It needs to, you're, you're, if you have not been doing that kind of due diligence, if you've just been looking at it from the standpoint that I can buy this, it's multifamily and rents are going to go up. I need to buy it. You're going to be in for a little bit of a shock in the next couple of months because you're going to see some incentives come on from some people that are maybe stronger financially, maybe they're better positioned, maybe they've been doing this longer, whatever the case may be. But, but you're going to need to start looking at this from a little bit different point of view where you've got the ability to weather these kinds of storms with 65% LTC, uh, maybe, maybe a longer term on your interest only, um, you know, maybe some more interest reserves, definitely some more marketing, some more in-depth study on what it is you have, what it is you bought into, how you got into it, um, instead of just the fact that it was multifamily and you'll take two. So, guys, I hope that helps. Um, if you've got questions, feel free to follow me uh, on Instagram and ask. Uh, go to shannonrobnet.com. Uh, ping that website, schedule a 15-minute call with me, get on Calendar. Uh, I'd love to chat with you guys and, and kind of let you know a little more on what I'm thinking. Um, but, you know, incentives is not the way out of this game right now. And jumping in and doing another deal is not really the right way to do it. I don't know that we're going to see a lot of Get Hot products uh, where it's going to come back to the bank and the bank's going to want to offload it. I don't think we're going to see a huge decline in the market because there's demand. But then again, as my wife always tells me, I don't know everything. Guys, thanks for joining me on the Real Estate Rundown. I hope you have a wonderful day. I will talk to you soon. Thanks again.